With this month being Black History Month, we are taking the time out to acknowledge and amplify the stories of Black people. And while it's super important to acknowledge and amplify those stories, it's equally important to learn to love and embrace every part of your story. And just like Black history, there's parts of your story that you'd rather forget. But it's important to embrace and remember those things because they contribute to who you are today. If embracing every part of your story is something that you struggle to do, I encourage you to listen to this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome to Ambitious as a Mother, the podcast. My name is Desiree Thompson and I am your host. I have no idea how you found your way here, but I am super excited to have you. In a world that tells us, especially women, that we can't have it all, I am here to encourage and empower you to ambitiously pursue all that God has in store for you. Each week, we will discuss topics unique to womanhood, motherhood, and purpose. Again, I'm super excited to have you. Let's get into the show. Hey, guys. How is everyone? Welcome, welcome, welcome to season three of the Ambitious as a Mother podcast. I am super excited to be back. You guys, I have missed you so much. I do recognize and acknowledge that it has been a while since I have released a new episode of the podcast. As a matter of fact, my last episode was in 2020. And as we all know, 2020 was 2020 in and it was a rough year for everybody. And so now we have started a new year. We're in 2021 and I really hope that we are able to start this new year renewed and able to just move forward. Now, 2020, while it was difficult, did give me the opportunity to reflect and decide how I want to show up in this world and who it is that I want to be. And because I got that time in 2020, I'm able to move through 2021 with new convictions and a newfound confidence about who I really am. And I hope that you guys were able to take something from 2020 flip it and make it a good thing for 2021. So what are we doing this year, guys? Are we starting that podcast? Are we writing that book? Are we going back to school? Are we buying that house? Have we decided to, you know, try for that baby? What What is it? What are we doing? Are we um, starting that new clothing line? I am anxious to hear what you guys are doing in 2021 because as you all know, I am your biggest cheerleader. I am rooting for you from the sidelines and I wish you all the most success. And I want to encourage you also that you survived 2020, sis, so you literally can do anything. Whatever you put your mind to, you now have the strength and endurance to be able to get it done. So I encourage you to get it done. And with that being said, there are some things that I was able to get done before coming out with this new episode of the podcast. And I want to share those things with you. The first thing is that we now have a new place to access the podcast. So I have a website now. It's DesireeCatrice.com. And on that website, you'll be able to access every episode of the podcast as well as show notes. You'll also be able to learn more about me, what I stand for, what I hope to be doing, um, and how I plan to impact the world. Now, while the podcast is the main focus right now, as the year goes on, there 
there will be other things that I will be getting my hands into. And so everything that I touch, everything that I'm a part of, everything that I am passionate about will be on that website. Again, that is www.DesireeCatrice.com. And if you need help spelling that, it's D-E-S-I-R-E-E-K-A-T-R-I-C-E.com. And I hope that you will go to that website. I hope that you will um, comment or leave feedback, whatever the case may be, subscribe so that I know that you visited. Also, I want to let you guys know that there is a new structure to the podcast. So rather than just hopping into the topics week after week, I now have set up different segments of the podcast, some more lighthearted things for us to cover. So we will be talking about different things. Of course, we'll be covering a topic. And as always, I'll always end in prayer just like I have before. But I just wanted to include different things in the podcast so that you all could see different sides of me. And so without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the podcast. So the first segment that I wanted to introduce you guys to is called Whatcha Watching," And the reason for this segment is because you guys know in 2020, we had a lot of time to watch a lot of things. And what makes watching TV much more interesting nowadays is that we're able to discuss what we've seen with other people, be it on social media or whatever. And now I am going to be talking about what I'm watching on this podcast. I'll be able to share with you what my thoughts were, what I thought was good, what I thought was an area of opportunity, and I will either recommend you all to watch it or I will tell you to save your time. Either way, I will be sharing with you guys what I am watching week after week. Not only that, but I want you guys to slide in my DMs and tell me what are you watching. I want to know what you guys are watching on Netflix, Hulu, whatever the case may be Amazon Prime so that I can watch those things too. And you might just hear me talk about it on this podcast. Also, if I recommend something for you to watch and you hate it, I want you to slide in my DMs and tell me that as well. So let's go ahead and get into what I've been watching lately. So this week, I watched a movie on Lifetime. I don't know if you guys are aware or if you even care, but Lifetime has been highlighting their biopics of different black people because, of course, it's Black History Month. And so they've been highlighting those stories. They had a Simone Biles one. They have one about salt and pepper. I decided to watch the Wendy Williams story on Lifetime, and I wanted to give you guys my feedback on that specific biopic. So first of all, I'm not a huge fan of Wendy Williams. Now, with that being said, I don't hate her. I'm not like anti-Wendy Williams. However, I just could do without Wendy Williams. She's not someone that I look forward to watch on TV or whatever the case may be. However, I did hear that she had some drama going on in her life and I wanted to watch the biopic to see if the biopic covered the drama that she currently has going on in her life. I was really being nosy, but (laughs) that is what really drew me to the biopic. However, there was more to the story than just what meets the eye as we've come to learn about most people that we watch on television. 
television. So I watched her story and I was kind of able to empathize with her and to humanize her much more than I was before watching the biopic. Now, I must say what I have seen of Wendy Williams, she is a huge personality. She's loud. She's big, just big personality, big person she's just big overall and for me that always came across as a persona and it wasn't easy to really relate to what she was projecting but as I watched the biopic I was able to kind of humanize her and to relate more to her story and so for that reason I thought hey that was that was a pretty good use of time because of course you don't want to look at people from this detached perspective you want to bring them in so you can kind of relate and empathize with what they're going through so the biopic did that for me another thing I appreciated about the biopic was her honesty Now, any of you guys that have watched the Wendy Williams show, you know that she thrives off of pulling the raw, honest truth out of people. That's really what she does. And she did not spare herself. She definitely did the same thing in her biopic as far as transparency. She discussed her crack addiction or I don't know if it was crack or cocaine. I know. Wendy, Whitney Houston said crack is whack, so I'm sure famous people do cocaine. So I think Wendy Williams was doing cocaine. So she talked about her addiction to cocaine. She also talked about the plastic surgeries that she had. And she was even transparent about the abortion that she experienced early on in her career. So because she was so raw and so honest and so transparent, again, that helped me to learn more of her story. And I was kind of able, like I said earlier, to humanize her a bit because just like Like all of us, she's had struggles throughout her life that have kind of pushed her into where she is now. The final thing that I'll mention that I really appreciated about the biopic was her desire to protect her son's story. So Wendy Williams has a son and she has a now ex-husband. And the story was about the relationship between her and her ex-husband. And she specifically left her son's perspective out of this story. So we do learn, of course, that she has a son, but we don't see him as the drama is unfolding in their life. We don't hear his perspective he doesn't have any lines he does he's not present so we don't really get to see his part of the story and I appreciated that number one because her son is an adult so if he wanted to tell his story he should have the platform and be able to tell his story from his perspective and I appreciate that Wendy gave him the freedom to do that by not taking his story and putting it as a part of her biopic so I appreciate it for that reason. And then I appreciate it from the perspective of being a mom. You know, you try to protect your kids as much as possible. And she even says in the biopic, I'll tell you all my business, but I'm not talking about my son. And it it came off from a protective standpoint. And I was like, that's Mama Bear Wendy. And I could kind of feel that because I would do the same for my kid. I don't mind airing my business out. I'm one of the most transparent people you'll meet. But what we're not gonna do is talk about my son for your entertainment. And so I appreciated her doing that. Now, if I had any 
opportunities for improvement as it relates to this film was, of course, it's a biopic on Lifetime. So we all know that the budget was not that extensive. And you could kind of tell in watching the film that it was kind of a cheaply made film. But other than that, I thought that it was really good. So if you are folding clothes with nothing else to do, or you're going to clean your house or, you know, whatever, and you need to turn something on just to pass the time, I'd say, hey, watch the Wendy Williams story. It might, you know, it'll help you pass the time and you might be able to gain a different perspective of a person that we all have come to at least know of through TV and all of those things. So I would recommend it. And again, if you do watch it based upon my recommendation and you hate it, slide in my DMs and tell me and also tell me why because I want to hear your perspective as well. I also want to know what you're watching. All right, so the second segment of the podcast is, of course, us jumping into this week's topic. So this week's topic is owning your story. And the reason that owning your own story is important, especially as a mom, is because if you are not able to fully embrace your story without shame or guilt and take ownership of who you are, Those things in your past that you haven't healed from, that's trauma that your child and the future generations are going to have to work through as they go throughout their own life. And so I encourage every mom and every person to learn how to take ownership of their own story. So there is a quote by the famous Brene Brown. I don't know if you guys have heard of her. She is a researcher. She's an author. I absolutely love her books. She has one called The Gift of Imperfection. She also has another called Daring Greatly. Um, She has more than just those two books, but those are the two that I can remember off the top of my head. And she's just amazing. She researches shame and vulnerability and worthiness. And if I'm honest, before coming in contact with her books, I didn't even know those type of topics were topics of research. I just thought they were emotions that we really don't have to know from a logical perspective. We just feel them. So to have her doing research on those type of things really was awakening and insightful for me. So now that I'm getting off of my soapbox of why Brene Brown is awesome, I will tell you guys what her quote says. It says, you either own your story and walk in it or you stand outside of your story and hustle for worthiness. So that quote goes back to what I was saying as it relates to owning and embracing your story, healing from past traumas, learning to fully love yourself, because you don't want for your own life for you to stand outside of your story and hustle for worthiness. And you also don't want that for the for your children either. You don't want them to have a disconnect from their story or have unhealed trauma in their in their story. And then they have to stand outside of their story and hustle for worthiness either. So because of that quote and because of those things, I thought it was super important to talk about owning your story, why it's hard to own your story and how we can overcome that and learn to embrace all of ourselves. So the major reasons that people struggle with owning their story, or at least the reasons that I was able to find throughout my research, the first one is cognitive dissonance. Now, 
Cognitive dissonance is a big fancy schmancy word. It's a psychological term. And all it really means is that there is a disconnect between what you believe and what your actions are doing. So you believe certain things to be good, right, and true. However, your actions are contradictory to what it is you believe. And because of that disconnect, you will often experience discomfort internally because your actions aren't lining up with your beliefs. And so I said that to say when people struggle with fully embracing their own story, often it's because parts of their story do not align with what they believe to be good, true, um, and just noble things that they hold within themselves, things that they find to be valuable, whatever part of their story is disconnected or contradictory to that. And so because they experience the discomfort, they'd rather forget that part of the story or at least detach that part of their story from themselves and move forward with the beliefs that they hold to be true. Another reason is shame. And now this shame can be external shame. People have told you that parts of your story are shameful or not good or no girl, don't tell. I wouldn't tell nobody else that they've made you feel ashamed of yourself or ashamed of parts of your story. But that shame can also be internal and it can be driven by things that you didn't even actually do. Now, I've never experienced this myself, but I have heard that people that were victims of sexual assault or molestation as a child, they hold shame in their hearts because of what was done to them. And so often they try to detach from that part of their story so that they don't have to deal with the shame that's attached to what happened to them. Another reason people struggle with embracing the totality of their story is ignorance. Now, when it comes to ignorance, Unfortunately, a lot of us do not fully know or understand how different parts of our story interact or where they've come from or why it is we react to to things the way that we do. We don't know where a lot of our story is rooted. And if we're being completely honest, a lot of that stuff is rooted in things from the past, our parents' story, our ancestry, our history. There are reactions and things that we do just naturally, and we don't know where that stuff comes from. And it comes from the past. And we haven't fully studied our history to know where that stuff comes from, or people have not been open to share with us where a lot of this stuff comes from. And when it starts to show up in your life, rather than look back and say, well, where is this coming from? We'd rather detach from that part of our story or completely turn over a new leaf and try to pretend that that's not there because it might be something that is less favorable than we'd like. And so I would encourage each and every person to try to learn more about your history, learn about how your parents grew up, learn about how their parents grew up. Because a lot of that affects how we were raised, how we interact with life, how we see the world. A lot of that has to do with things from the past. And because we're not aware of that, we tend to lash out or react in certain ways that we don't know. We just don't know where that comes from. And it makes it difficult to embrace a part of our story when we don't even know where it's from or what it is. The final thing that I want to mention to you guys that keeps us from fully embracing our own story is comfort. I don't know how many of you guys are like me, but 
when I look back on my life and look back on myself, I'd much rather think of all the victories and all the good things that have happened and, you know, oh, my parents loved me and I did decent in school and I graduated from college and then I have a husband now and a kid and that's it. That's the totality of my life. And that is not true. It's much more comfortable to look at my life that way because it feels good to celebrate my victories, but that's not the totality of who I am. And so sometimes it is important to get out of our comfort zone and kind of dig our heels in a little bit to those parts of our story that are less favorable, even though it's uncomfortable, so that we can heal from those parts of our story and learn to fully embrace ourselves. Now, the next segment of the podcast is called The Fix. Now, this is the segment of the podcast where my inner church girl is going to come out. (laughs) It is the part of the podcast where in discussing our topic for the week, we're also going to go to scripture. We're going to see how to encourage ourselves through the word of God as it relates to this topic. So as it relates to owning your own story, I wanted to mention this one scripture. It's Romans 8.28. Now, I have to be honest with you guys. Romans 8.28 has been my favorite scripture since I was nine years old. I've always loved that scripture. And I think the reason that it has continued to be one of my favorite scriptures, even as a 30-year-old, is because each and every time I encounter that scripture, I'm able to see it and get more from it and able to really apply it to my life in a different way. So the scripture says, and we know all things work together for for the good of those that love the Lord and for those who are called according to his works. Now, imagine a nine year old saying all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord at nine years old. There is, I haven't been through much. I don't have very many negative experiences. So yes, it's easy to have the faith that all things will work together for the good because my life has been good so far. And it wasn't until I got older and started to experience life and things started to happen to me and I started to do things, you know, to others and to myself. And I thought, Man, is that scripture still true? Do all things work together? And I have come to encourage you guys and tell you, yes, all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. And I think it's so amazing that really this scripture talks about all things working together for his glory, but he doesn't just stop there. He's such an amazing God that he won't just stop at getting the glory. He'll make those things work for your good as well. So those things that we don't like, those, the classes that we failed, the times we got fired, the relationships that ended poorly, our parents getting divorced, the fight we got into, you know, all of those things that are less than favorable, all those things not only will work together to bring God glory, but they're going to benefit you at some point in your life. They're going to work together for your good. And the reason it's able to all work together is because God is not going to let you go through something that he cannot use to flip for your good. And so I just wanted to encourage you guys that as you look back over the story of your life to recognize that even those things that were difficult to go through 
those struggles really put you in position for all of the victories that you have been able to experience throughout your life. And I hear you. You might be one of those people that's like, hey, my whole life's been rough. Ain't been no victories yet. Well, the victories are coming and all of the struggles, even up to this present moment, are going to end up working together for your good. The victory that you will experience is going to make all of those struggles worth it. And so I just pray for you that you'd hold on in the middle of the struggle. And if you've experienced victories, I want you to go back and appreciate your struggles because without those struggles, you wouldn't have been in position to experience the victories that you've experienced so far. All right, guys. So this is the final part of the podcast. I am going to end in prayer as I always have and as I always will. That is one thing about the podcast that will not change. I feel like the time that I'm able to talk to God on y'all's behalf or on the topic that we've discussed, that time is so important. And I don't care how churchy it feels. That's how I'm going to close out every episode of the podcast. So I want you guys to bow your head if you're able. I'm going to close in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this episode of the podcast and each and every person that was able to listen to this episode of the podcast. I'm grateful for each and every ear. I hope that they were positively impacted, God. I pray that you used something that I said to encourage them, empower them, allow them to feel seen and feel heard, to feel loved by you. I want them to receive through my words, your presence, your comfort, your ability to hold them together, God. I pray right now that they will learn to see themselves in their story the way that you see them, God. I pray that they will feel comforted by the fact that, God, you waste nothing and nothing that they've gone through in their life were you not present for. You were there for all of it. Not only were you there, but you saw it, you allowed it. And because you allowed it, they should be able to understand that you are going to work it together for their good. You're going to work it together for your glory. And I pray that that thought brings them comfort. I pray that they'll be able to see themselves through your eyes as beautiful, wonderful creations with a father who loves them dearly, who would not leave them to struggle and wander on their own but who is with them every single step of the way. God, I pray for those people who view their life as nothing but a struggle. I pray for those people that they would be able to realize that in the struggle that they've come to know you. And in knowing you, you are going to allow them to experience the greatest victory as they move forward and put their faith and their trust and their love in you. And I just pray, God, that we will learn to appreciate ourselves and embrace every part of our stories. I pray for generational curses that they be broken, God, through your strength and your power and your spirit. That the things that have not served us, that have been passed down to us, that we will abandon those things and that we will cling to you, Father. We will cling to your word. We will cling to your guidance and your direction. And we will cling to your spirit as a way to navigate this life and that we will abandon any of the things that don't represent you, God. 
And for the things that we will pass down to our children, God, I pray that you will be with our children as they navigate their lives. They will have their own trauma. They will have their own struggles. But God, we put them in your hands and we entrust them to you because we know just like you helped us experience victory from our struggles, you will do the same with them. So even in our imperfect parenting, even in our imperfect lives, We give our children to a God who loves them even more than we do. And we appreciate your love. We appreciate your presence and your grace. And we appreciate your mercy. We appreciate each victory that you've helped us see. We love you, Father, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Will you do me a favor? If this episode empowered you or blessed you in any way, will you share it with someone? Also, provide a rating on iTunes, and since I love feedback, feel free to leave a review. I would love to connect with each and every one of you, so you can find me on Instagram at Desiree Catrice, and I'm also on Facebook, Desiree Catrice. Thanks for listening, and I hope to see you next week.